everyone. Um, hi to those of you that are watching via whatever medium, um, whatever time. Hi, welcome. Um, and we just want to continue in the series of thoughts that we've been um, looking at for the last few weeks, um, where we looked at we are family, um, because that's what the word of God tells us, that by the blood of Christ, we are one big happy family. Um, you don't have to answer, but I could see it in your hearts. Yes, on your faces, you're all smiling. That's what's happening, okay? So tonight, um, like I said, we're just going to continue in this series of thoughts. Um, and over the last few weeks, we've been taught on the body of Christ. We've been taught on the bride of Christ, what that means, how that looks, um, about the fact that us being the body and us being the bride makes us family. Um, and that as a family, we are part of the household of God, working together, functioning together as a unit for the cause of Christ. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about. We could sing, we can clap, we can dance, but ultimately everything that we do is for the cause of Christ. Um, also, we've been taught on the expression of the kingdom of God on earth and how that looks. Um, because obviously with demography, sometimes that means different things. But again, ultimately, the expression of the kingdom of God here on earth is for the cause of Christ. No matter where in the world you are, no matter where in the UK you are, it is for the cause of Christ. We are all many members, each playing our part effectively, carrying out the great commission that God gave to us. And we know what that great commission is, going to all the world, speaking, preaching the gospel to everyone. And the, the greatest example that we have of that is Christ and who he was and how he walked when he was on earth. Um... <laughs> But obviously, over the last year, things have looked different, hasn't it? It's been so different. You know, um, we haven't been doing things as we're used to. Um, I say we've been gradually brought into a culture of not doing church. But Romeo said to me, he's like, no, nah, we haven't been gradually brought into that. We were like chucked into it. <laughs> We finished Empower, and we were like, nope, stay home, no church. But I said gradually because at first, we didn't have a time scale. They said, oh, just for a few weeks, we're going to not have this. And then a few weeks turned into a year and some months. Well, weeks now, yeah. It's probably a month, yeah, and months. Um, so, yeah, we have been... Gotten in, we've gotten into that whole idea of not having to wake up to get ready for church, even though I know some of us do get up and get ready for Zoom. You know, we get up, we do all the stuff that we usually do. I, even, I, I don't know why, but it's probably the Caribbean thing in me. There are some days that we still get up and start cooking before we go to church. <laughs> before Zoom, because when Zoom's finished, I ain't doing anything. I just want to sit down, put my feet up, when church Zoom is finished, I have a cup of tea, I look, and that's it, and I'm done for the day. I'm not doing anything else. I'm like, yep, church, we're in the mood for church now. 
But we've been, we've known that culture of having not done church for so long. We've had no preparation. Obviously, I'm here at Bridge Mary. They didn't have as much preparation as we had to do while we were at Brune Park. Um, but Claire, you no longer had to get to church, what, 7.30, 8 o'clock? I know. <laughs> you know, we don't have to worry about setting up church. We don't have to worry about, um, oh, we've got to get kids' church ready. Or oh, I, oh, I need to leave home at this time in order to get there for that time. We don't have to do any of that. Because church has been in our living room. Some of us in PJs, or comfy lounge and wear, and to an extent, this could have made us a bit complacent. And I know, right, that there are some people somewhere in the world, maybe here in the UK, are thinking, oh, I'm going to have to start getting up again ready for church. Because obviously there's a roadmap now on when are we going to go. And it's almost as if having to do church again in buildings somehow looks as if it's an inconvenience that we're going to have to start meeting together again. But I want us to think about that. I want us to individually think about where we are. Because only you know what's going on in your mind. Think about where you are individually. And then look at where we are collectively. So right now, I want you to have a think about where you are and where we are collectively in light of the fact that we're going to start meeting together in person again soon. And then let's see where you are and where we are at the end of tonight. Okay? Because the one thing I don't want, I don't want to stand here and start speaking words and it doesn't hit you anywhere. I don't want that. I want when anybody is up here and speaking anything from the word, and God's given them a word for us, it needs to hit us. Right? Good. So I want you to have a look and see what shifts you need to make individually, what we need to make individually, and what shifts we need to make collectively in this new normal. Because... I am praying that we do not go back, but we look ahead. Because maybe we were too comfortable. So I want us to look ahead, not to go back. To, oh yeah, this is how we did it, and this is how we do it. No, let's look ahead. To see what shifts we need to make towards a new culture of building and establishing the kingdom of God here on earth. So I want that, that's what I want us to home in on tonight. Whatever shifts we need to make, whatever turns we need to make, whatever little, you know, um, I'm not a mechanic, but I'm, I've seen mechanics like trying to shift certain things to get to the right place so that your wheels can start turning. Just little shifts. Sometimes little shifts is all it's needed for us to be working at maximum potential, okay? A few weeks ago, I, I, I used the phrase, teamwork makes the dream work. 
and all, all since then that's like in our house Romeo keeps like teamwork makes a dream work and I remember it um it is the backyardigans Am I the only person who watches that or who used to watch that with the kids? Not even Indy knows what that is. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I think that's where that phrase came from, the backyardigans. And they were all working together, working together, because every time they had a mission, they all zoomed in on that mission. And this morning, after, um, after Pastor Randy's word, um, on Zoom, we looked at some of the things that, really spoke to us with the message. And one of the, um, one of the congregation members said, the thing that really spoke to her was, um, Pastor Andy said something about fixing your eyes, fixing your gaze. And the, I had an, an image of, of something when she said that. And it was, and Pastor Jeff came up with exactly what it was. It was that when a missile um, if, if, if you're an enemy fighter, a fighter, you know, you're, you're in a jet and you, you're wanting to shoot down. This sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> you want to shoot down the enemy's plane because it's coming after you. So listen, survival of the fittest kind of thing up there. You're in a war. That's what's going to happen. Um, but you look at what they do. They fix their radar on this one target. But they don't just fix the radar on that target. What they do, there's a locking mechanism that they have. And what that does, it does not matter what maneuver that plane or that missile then makes, that's been locked in. So whatever it does is coming down. There's no joke about it. It is coming down because that has been locked in. And that's what I want us to do, is to lock in on what our mission is, and that is building, building, building. But we're not just building for building's sake. We are building and establishing the kingdom of God on earth. Okay? So what does that look like? What does this whole idea of teamwork look like? What does the Bible say about teamwork? How about how we should be as Christians working together? in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 to 12. Two are better than one. Or another um, version says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. First Peter, sorry. First um, Corinthians 1 and verse 10. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined 
together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In these verses, we see that though we may be individuals, we're single people, standing alone, it's Christ's desire that we work together because working together creates a unity and a harmony and a strength. Because there is strength. There's an old saying that strength, there is strength in numbers. There's a strength that is there when we all work together that would never be evident when we work alone. And I think a true understanding of how the kingdom of God works would allow us to see the evidence of this. Um, in every, before I go on, do you know, <laughs> I always go back to the example of Christ while he was on earth, because do you know what? Jesus could have done what he did all alone. He could have. He could have done what he needed to do. The father sent him to do a job, and he was like, that's it, I'm going to do my job. But he knew that we needed an example. So Jesus chose to have 12 people with him to help him do the job that he wanted done. Do you think Jesus really needed, like, needed 10 people, 12 people? He didn't need 12 people. Because when you look at it right, what is 12 people in the face of all of humanity? What can those 12 people do? Obviously, the world is more densely populated now than it was then. But even so, what could 12 people do? But do you see how much they did when they, even after Christ left and went back to heaven? Do you see how much those people did? Because they had the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of them. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget that we that, that same power that's in the disciples in the first century church, it is still working today in us. So Jesus showed us the perfect example of how the kingdom of God works. And how as a people, as a group of people working together... A living organism we are, the kingdom of the, the, the Christians, us here, the body of Christ, we are a living organism. We are breathing. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for a church that is living and breathing. And Jesus showed us how to work together. In everything we do, we need people. Jesus showed us we need people in everything we do. And in order to do it well, we need teams. We need teams who can take the vision that we have and run with it. We need teams who can take the vision and they could work with it. They could work at it and bring it to fruition. And these teams, we need to build teams that work and function at maximum potential in order to fully effect, affect and impact the kingdom. 
here on earth. I'm going to keep, one of the things that I love talking about is the kingdom of God. And I will keep referring back to, you know, the kingdom of God here on earth. You know, I mean, I know we've been, we've been out of our buildings for a year and our heads, as leaders, we, our heads are not buried in the sand because we know, you know, we've had a lot of time away from our buildings, from our meeting places and our meeting spaces. We've been out of our comfort zone. Because there's a feeling that you get, isn't there? I don't know if it's just me. But there's a feeling I get when I know I'm got, if I'm coming to worship team practice on a Wednesday night, I get this feeling that, oh, I'm going to meet with the worship team and we're going to sing and all these harmonies are going to come together. And, but there's another feeling I get when I know I wake up on a Sunday morning and I'm going to Boone Park or I'm coming to Bridge Mary because I'm going to see all my brothers and sisters. It's almost that same feeling, that anticipation I get. I remember when we were going back to St. Vincent in 2018 and... Um, we hadn't told the kids anything until we got to the airport. And Lyndon, Lyndon dropped us to the airport and he took this roundabout way to the airport and, because he knew that the kids didn't know anything. And then we turned up at the airport and Indy was half asleep and Kerwin was like, what, where are we going? Oh, I think Kerwin by then had realized we were going. And Indy was like, <gasps> that's how I feel on a Sunday morning. That's how I feel when I know I'm going to see Claire. I'm going to see Julie, you know? I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see you guys because I'm like. That's why sometimes on a Sunday morning I'm like, "Hi, Sam." <laughs> I'm sure he probably thinks sometimes, "Would this woman leave me alone?" <laughs> but that's it, because I, you're my brothers and you're my sisters. I feel like oh, Chloe's fed up with me. Being like, I'm, I'm sure Chloe's like, if this lady was really my blood sister, I would have been like, "That's it, Mum." Could you just get rid of her? Let's send her up for adoption or something. Because I'm constantly like, Chloe, you got cake. <laughs> you know, but that's it. Pastor Jane knows that I like certain kinds of um, cheesecake. You know, so, you know, she knows what makes me happy. You know, I like cheesecake. I will say it again, I like Oreo cheesecake. <laughs> You know, Indy likes certain types of cookies and cottage and shepherd's pies and, you know, we, but I know that you like certain things and I know that Richard makes a really mean everything, everything really, you know. I know if I need carpentry work, I'm like, Phil. <laughs> but that's it. You know what I like, and you know what I and I know what you like, but that's because we're family. That's because we're family, and I get this feeling in my heart when I know I'm going to see you all. But obviously, that the year that we've had has kind of we all behind, you know, because we, we've not been able to do that, and it may seem. Like now we will be building from the ground up, but we're not. We are not building from the ground up. And I know it looks daunting, but guess what? We have a strength. 
that comes from all of us working together. There was a work party here yesterday. You, by the time Romeo got home, you would think he was the only one that was working, okay? <laughs> but honestly, I know there were other people here. <laughs> he was not the only one. Yeah, <laughs> he's still crying today. But guess what? Even when we may feel weak, the word tells us that Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I used to think at one point, I used to think, oh, um, that is when I'm weak, he'll do my job. <laughs> you do, don't you? You think it's child life. So you start thinking, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Okay, I'm weak, he'll do what I need to do for me. But that's not it. Do you know where that strength, that is your strength. Your strength. He is perfecting the strength that he has in you so that you could do the things that you need to do. Yeah? Pastor Jeff always says, um, the 20% shouldn't do. And I know this probably sounds quite disjointed at the moment, but I'm just going to give it to you. Okay? Yeah, Pastor Jeff says 20% should not be doing 80% of the work. Because there's another 20% of the work that left, gets left undone to begin with. And then that 20% would surely get burnt out. So what we need is 100% of the people doing 100% of the work all the time that's what we need that's how the kingdom of god looks and that's the only way we could get the work that's been because each of us like we said we've been saying over the past few weeks each of us has got a job that has solely been assigned to us so if you don't do the job that you're supposed to do guess what that doesn't get done right so i had um I don't know why this came in my head, but I'm going to use it. The heart. The heart has four chambers. And these chambers all have a work that they need to do. So you've got the, you've got like, um, the, the, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but ventricles and that sort of thing. So, and the atrium. Atria? Atria. Atria, right. So you've got the eight, plural is atria, right. So atrium, so you've got the atrium that needs to do a particular job so that the blood can take, um, whether it's oxygenated blood, so oxygen to the different organs of the body and all the different muscles of the body so that they could work. Then you've got the other side, which were the ventricles, etc. They need to take, and I've probably got this all wrong, it's probably the other way around, right? But they've got four chambers, and you've got each chamber has got a work to do. But then you've got the other side that has to take that blood that's been depleted of oxygen, that now needs to pump back again, and the system all starts over. Now, if one little blood vessel in your heart gets blocked, 
and it does not do the work that it's supposed to do, what happens? Potential heart failure if it's not caught on time and we know what could happen. But that's how it works in the kingdom of God. If I don't do the job that I've been assigned to do, what's going to happen? That doesn't get done. But it means that in order for the body of Christ to function properly, when it gets to me, I haven't done my bit. So I've blocked now what needs to go out. What needs to go into the community? Because I haven't done my part. Or it might still go, but it is not functioning at full capacity. And that's what we need to keep God against. Because we don't want, when we are going into the community and we're blessing our communities and we're blessing our church family, we don't want to give a half-hearted effort because that's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to diligently serve. That word diligently is not half-heartedly doing things. So, if we all do what we're supposed to do, then everything will. Have you ever seen um, the, the um, Cambridge boat race? I, I like watching it, and like the Olympics, where they're rowing. So, I pretend I'm a rower, sitting down, and we're all... We're all rowing and change. Do you see, right, how they all row together so smoothly and then they change together so smoothly? Do you see how those little boats, I, I say little, but they're like 12 men sometimes in them, aren't they? <laughs> and like, not little men, they were like, oh. <laughs> like 10, 12 of Pablo, like, yeah, Pavel. <laughs> yeah, but you see how those Boats like slide, canoes like slice through the water so smoothly. That is functioning at full capacity. If there's only one oar that's out of sync, do you know how like that's a gold medal you've given up? That is a gold medal you've given up. It's about all functioning and working together to make it work and to make it work well. When we all pull together, the work becomes easier. When we're all rowing in the same direction, the boat can move faster and smoother. It throws the entire rhythm out if one oar is out of sync. So we must all be in and be all in. You know, we just read what Ecclesiastes <clears throat> and um, in Ecclesiastes... And in 1 Corinthians, you know, we've just read that. That's how Christ wants us to be, all in. You know, um, like I said a few weeks ago, we were always, oh Lord, what's the plan that you've got for my life? <clears throat> and it is really simple. The Lord just wants 
that every Christian be devoted to serving the cause of Christ right here, right now. Is that every Christian serve him diligently with joy in our hearts. Colossians 3.23, it says, <clears throat> whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Not for human masters. I always say to the worship team, to be the culture that you want to see. Be the culture that you want to see. So when others come in, when others see you, they will be like, oh, I like your passion. I like your attitude. I like this. I like that. Because then they can stand back and they could strive to be like that. But more so when you've got new people joining your team, you've already established that culture. So we're looking to, we're going into our communities. When we affect them and when we affect change in their lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and they come in, there's a culture that's already been established in our church. They're not likely to do something completely different because they will follow the culture that's already been established. They can aspire to learn the existing culture that you have culture that says 100% of all of us, 100% in. And as we build teams, as we look towards going to a whole new chapter, come the 27th, 26th of June, um, you know, as we build teams, let's be passionate about what we do. Respect each other. You know, be our brother's keeper. And Titus 2 and verse 7 says, In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. You know, as a, as, as a leadership, is our desire to see each of our members on a team. Loving serving the house. We want you on a team, but we really want you to love what you do. Because I'm sure you do not want to see me on stage. Fairest Lord Jesus. You ain't going to be like you. You'll be like, what is happening with her? Or I'm singing a song saying, um, I'm going to sing in the middle of this storm. And I'm like, I'm going to sing in the middle of this storm. Louder and louder. You, you're like, huh? No. You're not going to want to see that. First thing, you'll be like, Pastor Jeff, get her off. <laughs> you'll probably be like, Pastor Jeff, we would rather have you up there. No. <laughs> I think I'm getting back at you now for all the times you were up there at me. Yeah. But we want to see you loving, serving the house of God. Loving each other, serving each other as we serve the house of God and serve our community. Because I, I just, I, yeah, we're coming back and we're going to be like, oh, yes, yeah, so really good to see you again. But we want to get into the community. You know? Again, First Peter 4 and verse 10. 
it says, use the talents and the gifts you have received to serve others as faithful servants, faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So whatever it is, you can play an instrument, you're good with kids. If your dream is to become, uh, um, what do you call those people? Air traffic, <laughs> you know, control. Yeah, if that's your dream, carpool team, start there. At least you know you would never, ever, ever get two planes colliding because you could get two cars going smoothly in their parking space. Yeah? <laughs> Please don't put that on your CVs when you apply. <laughs> yeah, but start there. And love it. A smile goes such a long way. Because if you smile, even if you don't feel like smiling, if you smile and just like, Somebody else smiles at you. Do you realize you start smiling like in earnest without even realizing you're smiling? Because you will. Romans 15 and verse 5, it says, Now may the grace of God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded to one another according to Christ Jesus. Romans 12 verse 10 says be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourselves and then in ephesians 5 paul encourages us to be imitators of god as beloved children be imitators of god look at the example that christ gave us while he was on earth and we will have our roadmap moving forward I know we've got a national roadmap but if we're imitators of Christ that's our roadmap for moving forward you know next Sunday obviously we won't be meeting here we would you've been sent a link right so you've been sent a link um, that you sign up and you register for our gather and build and that's an evening where Pastor Jeff and a few of us will be talking about, you know, the way forward um, and how, how, how church is basically going to look for now. Um, and it's an opportunity for all of us to be involved. So if you're here and you're there, and if you know someone that you think, actually, you need to listen to what was happening, do you know what? Invite them. They might have received that email Send them that email that you've got because it might just trigger something in them to say, yeah, I need to be on that. I need to check that meeting out. Because, again, we don't want the 20% doing 80% of the work. We want 100% doing everything that needs to be done. It's the perfect opportunity for us to be signed up on Teams and it's not necessary. You probably don't even have to be, yeah, I'm all in. That means I have to do every single week. No. I'm looking forward to the time when every team has, the, or every department has like 10 different teams. So like, worship team, you'd only see me like once a month. Please don't be smiling. You know? <laughs> 
But that's a good thing. It means that we've got enough people to cover, and it means that Carmen can be in church and not be in kids' church all the time. Do you know, that's what we need. So that email, fill that th the form in, send it back to Claire or Pastor Jeff, and if you get that email again, it's okay. It's just reminding you, if you haven't done it, you should not receive that email five times like Pastor Jeff said this morning. But if you do, praise God, it means that there are people thinking of you also who would like for you to be here. Well, not here, here, but on Zoom. But really want to say to you guys tonight, and this is really for myself too, is to now think, after having heard all of that, is to now think about where you are and where we are. Because I'm hoping and I'm praying that by now, something would have shifted and changed in our thought pattern, in our thought process, and spiritually we would have grasped that in building the kingdom of God here on earth, that we do need to be all in. And it is not just being all in in our hearts, but it is showing that we're all in by becoming part of a team that is going to impact and that's going to affect change in our community. Because like Pastor Andy said this morning, if we didn't have a work to do, when you got saved, you would have already been walking on those streets of gold. But you're still here on asphalt. So, okay? Fantastic. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have got that hope. We have got a hope through your son, Jesus. But Father, you want us to share that hope with the world. And so, Lord, as we look forward to all the things that are coming again, coming ahead of us, Lord, Father, we pray that our hearts would be broken for the things that break yours. And Lord, you would stir up within us a desire like never before to serve you willingly while we're here on earth. Father, to establish the kingdom of God, to establish your throne here. Because that's what you call, that's the job that you've given us to do, Lord. And we pray tonight, Lord, that our hearts would be fixed, would be locked on the job that you've given us to do. And Lord, we would have a joyful heart while we're doing it. Amen.